On today's Locked On Texan podcast, we revisit Sunday's matchup defensively and on the offensive side of the ball, specifically looking at Derek Stingley, the rookie, and more from Davis Mills and his struggles. We also end off with Nico Collins. Is he really the problem, or is there a connection issue? We'll get into all of that on this Tuesday edition of the Locked On Texan podcast. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to a Tuesday edition of the Locked On Texan Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked On Texans is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on your entry. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com. Promo code locked on. I'm John Hickman. This is Cody Davis. We are still revisiting and recapping Sunday's matchup. But before we do, had a great opportunity to hear from Lovey Smith ahead of Sunday's matchup against the Chicago Bears, who is one and one right now. And as we know, Lovey will be returning mm-hmm. to the Chicago Bears Stadium where he coached, took that team to the Super Bowl. He was asked about that return and said, mm, it's game three. As I see it, another opponent on the other side. He's always keeping <laughs> it cool. That's, a, that's, his, that's his thing, right? Uh, some more takeaways from the press conference on Monday. Jonathan Gennard was asked about what the team needs to do to win these games, and he said that the team needs more winning plays. Continue with, there's no magic to it. We just got to make the play when it comes. Coach put us in a position for somebody to make that play, just whoever it is. When their m- number is called, they got to make that play. Also, Derek Stingley has been targeted and thrown six times in the fourth quarter this season, most among NFL DBs. Hmm. It's going to be very interesting. And Kamu Grugier-Hill has four tackles in the red zone so far this season. That is tied for second among NFL linebackers in the NFL right now. Another takeaway I wanted to get to and mention to you guys, the crossing routes may hurt the Houston Texans throughout this entire year. When I look back at the first two games, the the opponents with the Broncos and the Indianapolis Colts, the area right in between the linebacker and safety, that area between what actually the linebacker and the defensive line, um, just where the crossing routes really can do some damage is where the Houston Texans have been hurt so far, especially with getting some coverage out of the linebackers. That has been the issue. But right now, Cody, Derek Stingley Jr., third overall pick, has had some good moments, has had some coachable moments, has had some moments that may have left you scratching your head. However, he is a rookie. What has been your takeaway so far? When I go back and I take a look at Derek Stingley Jr.'s first two games, especially the game against the Denver Broncos on Sunday, John, listeners and viewers, I like what I saw. And I do believe that Sunday's game was a very – it was a very – 
teachable moment for Derrick Stingley Jr. And I know when you look on paper, you'll see Courtney Sutton, 122 yards, seven catches, and you might think to yourself that he had his way with Derrick Stingley Jr. Well, that's not the case. When you do a deep dive into how Derrick Stingley Jr. played on Sunday, the young man held his own for the most part. Now, John, as you alluded to, there were some moments that left you scratching your head, and I know some people going into week three, they might start having a little bit of a concern about Derrick Stingley Jr. However, even those moments where you're left scratching those, scratching your head, I love it because at the end of the day, like I just mentioned, everything that took place on Sunday was a very teachable moment for Derrick Stanley Jr. Now, before moving forward, I do want you guys to listen to what Lovey Smith had to say about Derrick Stanley Jr. and the rest of the rookies who took the field on Sunday. Uh, you know, every young player has to get put in some, uh, you know, preseason we took our time with him coming off a major injury and we've steady increased his load a little bit. Part of that continued to increase his load was to to uh, put him in positions that we did yesterday, uh, matching him up a lot of times, uh, putting him in tough uh, situations. I thought he competed well. You know, when you're a cornerback and you're pressing, you're off, whatever, one-on-one situations a lot, you're going to win some of the battles. Some of them you're not going to play as well, and it is how you respond. So he competed hard. He tackled well. He made some plays, and um, so I'm excited about that growth continuing. So I talk about Derek. Uh, Jalen Petrie, same thing. Uh, Kenyon Green started yesterday for the first time. Uh, played well also. Thomas Booker got reps yesterday. So a lot of our younger players are getting good time, and, uh, and the time is warranted based on their play. Once again, looking at Sunday's game, John, listeners and viewers, there were several plays where I was very impressed by Derrick Stinley, and that was both good and bad. First and foremost, the aggression that he came out the gates with right off the bat. Um, I believe that that was not a pass interference call the first time at the 12.55 mark of the first quarter. He was just going out there showcasing his aggressive his aggressiveness and unfortunately he was tagged with the pass interference call and the same thing can be said for his second pass interference call but I do believe that was just Russell Wilson knowing right off the bat because the Houston Texans jumped offside that was just a free opportunity a free play Russell Wilson Hall of Fame quarterback took advantage of the situation and it worked in the Broncos favor however my favorite moment when looking back on Derrick Stinley's game against the Broncos was right after that, Derrick Stinley, he did not lose the aggression, the aggression that he came out with. And Russell Wilson tried to connect with Corden Sutton, not once, but twice in the end zone. And Derrick Stinley was right there with the interference. The first time he was in Corden Sutton's chest and made him record his touchdown reception, that fell out of bounds. The second time he recorded a nice pass deflection with his left hand later on in the first half Derrick Stanley Jr. had an opportunity to make a great tackle on Corden Sutton and that resulted in a incompletion between him and Russell Wilson now with that being said John listeners and viewers there were some moments where 
a lot of people, including myself, at that moment was scratching their head, looking at the production that Derrick Stingley was giving out there on the field. The first one was the 34-yard completion that Corden Sutton caught right before halftime. However, when I look back at that play, John, listeners and viewers, I do believe that Derrick Stingley Jr. was kind of in, he was kind of confused on how aggressive could he be at that time because had he been too aggressive, that would have led to his third pass interference call at that time and you know Derrick Stanley Jr. did not want to give that up and then the big one that a lot of people on Twitter was talking about but after going back looking at the film John there was a big breakdown a big miscommunication of course this is the drive that opened up the fourth quarter where the Denver Broncos actually had an opportunity to score their long touchdown of the game and that was the 35 yard completion that Corden Sutton was able to record but once again I do believe that was some major miscommunication and terrible breakdown between the Houston Texans defense as a whole but even when I look at those two mistakes by Derek Stingley that's only 69 yards when you take those away you're looking at a situation where Derek Stingley would have held one of the best wide receivers in the game to 53 yards on five catches you know this is per Jason Braddock Braddock over at 790 the Texans defense has allowed successful plays on 59 percent of the plays in the fourth quarter this season the worst in the NFL that's pretty bad. Uh, would like to continue with the Texans have run. I'm sorry, um, that the Texans defense has allowed nine receptions for over 20 yards to wide receivers this season. That's the most in the NFL. And as I mentioned to kick this off, Derek Stingley has been thrown at six times in the fourth quarter this season, most among NFL DBs. But you know what I like about it? He stepped up to the challenge to get back to Derek Stingley. One of my question marks about Derek Stingley was how physical was he really going to be coming into the season uh, as a rookie, hasn't played football consistently in a while, uh, coming back from that Lens Frank injury, just wanted to see him go up against top-tier talent. And I think in his first two weeks, it's been a good challenge. You know, Michael Pittman week one, Cortland Sutton week two, both of those guys are hovering around tier three, tier two type of receivers in the NFL you really like them. You're waiting for them to make a next step. Both of those quarterback situations, well, Sutton's quarterback situation has improved. Not 100% <laughs> sure about Matt Ryan anymore, and I have to apologize about that. But now you're looking at two receivers that may be in a better situation, and Derek Stingley had an opportunity to go up against two very good receivers in the first two weeks of his career, and he's shown some very good things, right? Pass deflections here, pass deflections there, and his willingness to come up and make a tackle. Is what I like the most. He's going to learn about all of that, how to make cleaner plays in the NFL as a cornerback. I believe the cornerback position is the hardest in the league to play because of the tic-tacky rules that sometimes should go your way, but it normally goes the wide receiver way. And I think that's what happened on one of those pass interference where I'm looking into like, I feel like you could have just let those guys play it out. But he will learn from that. No doubt about it. And I think that Lovey Smith – and that coaching staff will get him better. And then naturally, he's just pretty good at it. But I like the fact that he's willingly coming up to make tackles. He's physical. And, and Corden Sutton, who's a six-four receiver, when we look at Derek Singley, who's hovering around six foot, he made some plays on a bigger guy. And so you have to be encouraged by that. And I think overall, when we look at the defense, that is where you start scratching your head, really. But if we're micromanaging and just looking at Derek Singley under a microscope, there's some good – there's some bad. He's going up against Chicago this week, 
who does not have a number one receiver in the NFL. I like Mooney. I don't think Mooney is a stout receiver just yet. The offensive line for <laughs> Chicago is, is also bad. So, you know, maybe we get some cover sacks, hopefully. But overall, I think this is a good game for Derek Stingley to kind of settle in into the NFL. His first two weeks was a, some good challenges. Now he's going up against a team that you can just kind of figure it out right now, make some plays consistently throughout the game. Hopefully you can get your first uh, interception in the NFL off of Justin Fields or whoever may be starting for the Chicago Bears and just learn it and get more into a rhythm. Again, I've liked what I've seen so far out of Derek Stingley, the number three overall pick. If you need a car, check out Toro. Toro is the world's largest car sharing marketplace. With Toro, you can book any car you want, wherever you want it, from a community of local hosts. Browse a huge selection of vehicles for just about any occasion or budget. Book an SUV or a minivan for a family road trip. A pickup truck for some errands. Even test out and drive an EV. Every trip is backed by liability insurance. Terms and conditions apply. Exclusions. Exclusions do apply as well. Ditch those boring rental cars and find your drive at Toro.com. Welcome back, everybody, to this Tuesday edition of the Locked On Texan podcast. We're talking about the offense now. We got to show some love to DP, Damian Pierce, hmm. who has picked up first downs on 19% of his rush attempts with 7 to 10 yards to go this season. That's tied for seventh best of 41 qualified NFL running back. So that is very um, – that's encouraging, I think so. Also, the Texans have run successful plays on 31% of their plays in the second half this season. That is the worst in the NFL. This is all per Jason Braddock. Uh, some good numbers there. Let's talk about – Mills. Let's transition over to Davis Mills. Now, there's an issue with Davis Mills that needs to be addressed. And we talked about this on Monday's show with how the accuracy coming into this season was one of the plus signs and one of the good things for Davis Mills based off of what we saw last year. Davis Mills, as a qualified quarterback, was one of the best down-the-field passers in the NFL. But there's an issue right now. One of the issues is – and Cody, I know I've talked about this personally throughout the entire office. One issue for Davis Mills in this office is I wish we had a drum roll. There's not a lot of X factors and weapons, real weapons among this offense for the receiving group. Now, the big issue for Davis Mills through the course of the first two games is his passing attempts outside of the numbers. And so I had to go back and I watched game one against the Indianapolis Colts in game two against the Denver Broncos. 35 passing attempts outside of the numbers. Game one, Davis Mills, 10 to 17. Now, when we talk about Davis Mills as a quarterback with the first two games, I think we've seen regression in some of his playmaking decisions and what he's not been able to do. Game two, six of 18 for plays – Outside of the numbers. What is what what else is the other issue? Well, there isn't a lot of playmakers among this offense. And Brandon Cooks out of those 35 attempts outside of the numbers for the first two games. Well, 11 of those attempts went to Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks was only able to catch four out of those 11 targets. 
We've been waiting to see Nico Collins break out. And I can't wait to talk about Nico Collins because I've seen a lot of you guys and I think you're giving up on him for some things that is not his fault. But there is, a, again, there is an issue of not having real weapons. Six of those 35 attempts targeted to Nico Collins. He was only able to catch two of those six passes. Now, were those passes just dropped? We had a couple of drop passes. When I look at the touchdown to Brandon Cooks that he should have walked in against the Broncos, he will tell you himself, yeah, I should have caught that as a veteran wide receiver. That was in game two. Uh, then you look at the big jump ball to Brandon Cooks. I'm going to get to that. In the back of the end zone on that same drive. The issue is for Davis Mills, he's staring down Davis. Uh, Brandon Cooks way too much. I know those two have a lot of trust. They had a lot of success last season. However, this is why you wanted Houston to go out, at least I did, to bring in some more valuable, real weapons in real time. Because if guys were able to maybe create separation, get open, and throughout the entire offseason, if this offense wasn't handcuffed because they were trying to work on things quietly, maybe the preseason should have been valued more than what it was for the Houston Texans. Because now looking at it, it was not for the starters. Maybe he wouldn't stare down Brandon Cooks. There's no way Davis Mills should be throwing all of these jump balls to Brandon Cooks. When you do, on the opposite side of the ball, on the other side of the line, excuse me, have Nico Collins. Only six attempts for outside of the lines for Nico is pathetic. And then one of them was uh, the, the fourth down against the Broncos where the ball sailed like 10 yards out of his head, uh, away from his head, and he almost hurt himself. Right now, Davis Mills' issue is he's not able to settle in and connect on some of these passes. Going back and I'm watching it. And when it comes to outside of the numbers, that is his issue. He's not able to continuously push those balls down the field outside. If everything in the middle, when we look at the two touchdowns against the Colts, what were those passes at? O.J. Howard right down the seam inside the numbers attacking cover three when you're supposed to do that. Now, when the coverages are different and there is more of a difficult pass to be made, Davis Mills so far this year has not been able to successfully complete those passes. And that's an issue. Another issue for Houston, I think offensively we've seen it, they are not able to sustain drives. The one drive where Davis Mills was able to go down there and they kicked it for the three when he broke out and used his legs, and I talked about this on yesterday, he was five or six on that drive for 48 yards. That's the type of ideal play calling and playmaking that you want from Davis Mills. But guess what happened successfully? Well, Damian Pierce. When I mentioned to open up the, the second with Damian Pierce was able to run the ball successfully. And then you look at drop passes, but Davis Mills has to settle down in this offense. He will be the starter moving forward. If at any point we see Jeff Driscoll and Kyle Allen become the starting quarterback for Houston outside of injury happening, God forbid, then we know that moving forward next April, quarterback will be on the Houston Texans' mind. And I also would like to point out for Titus Howard and give him some criticism, listen, when you put your hand on somebody, when you bring contact, you might want to keep it there. There's been countless times for Titus Howard where one one touch and his player, the guy he's supposed to be blocking, is able to squeeze down the line and make the play because you fail to con con continue with engagement on their player or they're able to kind of swim out of that and make the play. 
again, you will be the starting tackle for the next 15 games unless they would like to see the rookie out of LSU. But Titus Howard has to do a better job. I think uh, number 51 for the coach, his name uh, escapes me right now. He won a lot against Titus Howard on uh, last week, and Randy Gregory just made his day a living hell on Sunday as well. They got to do a better job protecting Davis Mills. I get that. Got happy feet a lot throughout the game because he was just constantly in his face. The crossing routes for the Houston Texans with Brandon Cooks inside the slot may be something they should focus on moving forward as well. I'm not buying that the Houston Texans don't have enough weapons because, John, as I alluded to on yesterday, and I'm going to repeat it again, you know, is the Texans wide receiving core and tight end core the talented, most talented in the league? Hell no. But at the same time, Davis Mills has to know how to utilize the weapon that he has as of right now. And I say that because there's one thing I agree with you about. Davis Mills, he's only a one-read quarterback. And, John, when I went back and I and I took a look at Sunday's game against the Broncos. Is he run-read? He's one-read. No, he's one. He's a one read quarterback because, John, when I went back, there were several times I counted to where had the Houston Texans had a, had a more quality quarterback, had the Texans had a quarterback who, okay, my pre-snap read is Brandon Cooks. But if Brandon Cooks not there, I'm not going to try to continue to force him the ball. The Texans offense would have looked a lot better on Sunday in the one play that I'm going to go back to is a play that you just finished talking about when the Texans were at second and goal and third and goal, goal during the 840-845 mark of the third quarter where Brandon Cooks tried to connect with Davis Mills tried to connect with Brandon Cooks not once but twice. You go back and you take a look at that game. There's going to be on the second and goal drive, Chris Moore was wide as open in the end zone and davis mills did not even attempt to look on his right side on third and goal chris moore was uh he was somewhat open the defender was behind him but crossing through the middle the, the supposed to be the, the back end the the the, 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 the the supposed to be red zone threat the six foot four wide receiver nico collins was wide open. That is the issue that I have because, John, once again, we could sit here and talk about the weapons that he do not have. But at the end of the day, it seemed like it doesn't matter who is on the field with Davis Mills. His number one target and his long option is going to be Brandon Cooks. And until Davis Mills understands how to go through his reads more efficient. We are going to continue to have the same problem. I, I think, I, I'm not I buying. I'm not buying the fact that the Texans don't have enough weapons. Like I mentioned, do they have the best weapons? No. But any quality quarterback would have said, "Oh, Brandon Cooks is not that wide open." But oh, Chris Moore is right here. Oh, Nico Collins is right here. Oh, Pharaoh Brown is right here. What happened to this whole, you know, this is supposed to be a tight end friendly offense? He isn't going through his reads. Well, I, I, and that's, that's that's what I'm wondering because we've seen him make progressions last year. We've, but we've he seen regressed, it. unfortunately, at least and, through these and, first and two that, games. And, and I'm glad you said that he did. He has regressed. We've seen him make those progressions, and that's why I'm, I'm, I, my, my question to you is, and you don't have to answer it. I would love for you guys to answer it in the comments. Is this offense run, run one read and go? 
Is it the it offense? It can't be. Because it may if, be. It you may be. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Because this isn't Pep Hamilton's quarterback. But that is true. <laughs> this is like as an OC and as and as a quarterback coach, and, and as a quarterback coach who we, we've given this this you know QB whisper you know uh, you know name to because he had Andrew Luck and he also had Justin Herbert. Both of those two quarterbacks, what were they? Basically, lottery picks for the NFL. Top one, you know, Andrew Luck. Top two, or whenever Herbert was drafted, the top of the cream cream of the crop, cream of the crimp. Davis Mills, he may be, just maybe, and it may be an issue, trying to shrink this offense so Davis Mills doesn't have a lot of room for error. And sometimes the run, the one read may possibly hurt your quarterback. Well, if it's a one read offense that Pep Hamilton has installed, then we got to start looking at Pep Hamilton. Because if you're the offensive coordinator, and John, as you alluded to, the quote-unquote quarterback whisperer, you should orchestrate an offense that is dedicated to your quarterback skill set it shouldn't be in in pep hamilton been in the league long enough even around the game of football long enough he should know any quarterback that you anytime you create an offense where your quarterback has only a one read option and you don't give him no type of other free range that is a recipe for disaster and that's what we've been seeing through these first two games yeah you're right and it's also gonna be hard on your quarterback when you got somebody counseling your face. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. I know I told you guys a little bit how it works earlier, but let me show you and tell you how it really does work. Two to five players, you pick them. And if they score more or less than their prize pick projections, you can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. No competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. Prize Picks offers projections on any sport that you watch. This includes NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, PGA, college football, men's college basketball, women's college basketball, soccer, WNBA, esports, NASCAR, tennis, MMA, boxing, golf, Euro basketball, cricket, and much more. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Safe and fast withdrawals currently operating in over 30 states and Canada. So let's make it easy for you right now. I'm gonna call you. Call to action. Download Price Picks app or go to pricepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, Prize picks will give you $100. If you deposit $50, prize picks will give you $50. And don't forget to enter promo code locked on at sign up for instant deposit match up to $100. Thanks for making Locked On Texans your first listen every day. Now make your second listen the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson give you the expert NFL analysis. In less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. Well, Nico is a big target. And as you identify some of the things, you know, after the fact a little bit, that um, now I thought Neo, Nico uh, did some good things when we uh, featured him. And as we look at it, I mean, big target. Um, when we do go to him, of course, it seems like he's been a playmaker. So that's one of the areas that uh, we need to be able to, yes, we need to be able to get Nico more involved uh, when we're passing the football. 
Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, to this Tuesday installment of Locked On Texans. And as you guys just heard, that was me asking Coach Lovey Smith about what can they actually do to get Nico Collins more involved moving forward. Because, John, as I just alluded to in the last segment, I talked about it on yesterday's show, I'm not buying the fact that this team does not have enough weapons. Do they have the best weapons in the league? No, I understand that. But at the same time, there's only so much the wide receivers and his tight end core can do due to the inabilities of Davis Mills. And when I take a look at Nico Collins, you're looking at a guy through the first two games of the regular season, 84 yards on six catches. You go back to Sunday's game, 58 yards on four catches. The man had nine targets on Sunday, but three of them were uncatchable. John, you alluded to it early on in the show. One of those catches went well over his head. Man damn near hurt himself in the process by running into the kicker's net. net. But when I take a look at Nico Collins, man, I'm, 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 I'm thinking to myself, Nico has the ability to give this offense what they need in order to move forward. Unfortunately, he can only do do too, he can only do so much due to Davis Mills. I think the issue right now for Nico, who I, I think, man, I really think Nico can be a very good receiver in the NFL and for the Texans still with Davis Mills. Nico is 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 in a he's in purgatory right now. And I say that because Mills has so much trust that no matter what, Brandon Cooks is going to be able to make a play that his focus has just – he hasn't been able to kind of divert away from it and find other guys. Point, point in case, there's been some times Brevin Jordan has been open. Now, we go back to the preseason when Brevin Jordan was open and Davis Mills was able to find him. Brevin Jordan just wasn't able to kind of bring in the ball, drop pass here, drop pass there, Mr. Simon here. And so maybe that is messing with him mentally because I think mentally that was the issue for Davis Mills on Sunday. But back to Nico, I would really like to see Houston use him as the guy that can go downfield. Got the speed, somewhat of, of the speed, four five four six speed, six four big body. So you should be able to trust him to at least box out a guy, come down with the ball. And then you'd be able to use Brandon Cooks because I'm going on record by saying – Brandon Cooks does not look as effective as he did last year. I'm not saying he lost a step with his speed, but something is, has been off a little bit with Brandon Cooks. And I think that when you draft a player like Nico Collins, who was a late-round draft pick, I understand it, but he will be here for some time unless you trade him and move on from him. you got to find ways to get him involved in the offense. He's not a guy that you need to get involved in, in, in screen games. It's not him. Yeah, you may want to get him involved with some slants. I would like to see Nico run some more deep slants. He is still a good player, ladies and gentlemen. Offensively, I think the play calling has phased him out some on top of Davis Mills just not being able to find him. Thank you guys for checking out today's episode of the Locked On Texan podcast. Be sure to check us out throughout the week. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans. Like us on Facebook and subscribe to the YouTube page under the name Locked On Texans. And as always, I'm your host, Cody M. Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.